Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron and I'm one of your hosts. There are two other hosts that are joining me today, of course. Daniel Sun. Heyo. And Hans. Howdy, howdy. So before we start today's episode, I just want to say, like always, we do not run any ads or take any money from any corporations. So if you'd like to help us out, well, there's a few ways that you could do that. One of the ways is Patreon. For only $5 a month, which is 16 cents a day, you can sign up to our Patreon and get an extra episode each week. These Patreon episodes are exclusive to members only. Today, we released a Patreon-exclusive episode, which is over the 37th parallel. Also, we have over 50 extra episodes, which is over 70 extra hours already locked and loaded for your listening pleasure, such as Mermaids, Coral Castle, Disney Darkness, Silk Road, and much more. We have a lot of extra Patreon episodes and a ton of extra blooper reels, which you get access to all of them for just five bucks a month. Another way to support the show is through merchandise. Just teleport on over to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on the shop button, and there you can see all of the merchandise we have for sale. T-shirts, hats, totes, buttons, pins, stickers, all that good stuff. I just want to say that the money we get from Patreon and merchandise sales goes to bettering the show. Also, we know things are tough out there right now. So if you can't afford a shirt or a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, then just leave us a written review on iTunes. And believe it or not, that helps us out a lot. If you don't want to leave one, though, then that is fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever you are to enjoy the show. Also, one last thing. If any of you would like to reach out to us, then you can shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Or you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on the contact button, and there you will find our email addresses. And that is the end of the announcements. So today's episode is over the Galactic Federation of Light. How this episode will go today is that we'll start with how this Galactic Federation was brought to light, what the Galactic Federation of Light is, strange facts and findings, theories, and of course wrap it all up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode. In December of 2020, a Brigadier General went to a journalist and made some remarkable claims. Claims that world leaders have been in contact with extraterrestrials for decades. That they have been researching on human beings, as well as having a secret underground base on Mars. This general also stated that these extraterrestrials are part of something bigger, something that was founded millions of years ago in our cosmos. It is what they call the Galactic Federation.
Now, just like every week, we have to start at the beginning of this, how this all came to light. So, Dan, do you want to start us off with that? So this entire story begins with an individual named Haim Ashed. This Haim guy was born in 1933 in Israel, and later in life he went to the Israel Institute of Technology. He got his bachelor's degree in electronics engineering and a master's and a doctorate in engineering. So for nearly 30 years, Haim Ashed was the director of many different space programs for Israel's Ministry of Defense. He was also a brigadier general in Israel's military intelligence, as well as the chair of the Space Committee of the National Council for Research and Development for the Ministry of Science, Technology, and Space. And he was also a member of the steering committee of Israel's space agency. Throughout Haim's career, he received multiple awards. For example, he was awarded the Chief of Staff Citation which is the highest non-combat decoration awarded by the Israeli Defense Forces. He also received the Israeli Defense Prize, which is the highest civilian defense honor of Israel. So, to top all of this off, Haim is also responsible for the launch of 20 Israeli-made satellites, and in 2011, when he retired, he was widely cited as the father of Israel's space program. Now, why do we mention this guy? What does he have to do with the Galactic Federation of Light? Well, back in December of 2020, Haim made news headlines all around the world when he made some pretty remarkable claims during an interview with a national daily newspaper published in Tel Aviv, Israel. During this interview, Haim said that Israel and the United States have both been dealing with aliens for years. Then he went on to clarify that when he said aliens, he didn't mean immigrants, that he meant extraterrestrials from a galactic federation in the cosmos. Haim then stated that the U.S. has an agreement between the aliens, that this includes them doing experiments on Earth and wants us humans as helpers. He also stated that this agreement includes a secret underground base on Mars, where there are American and alien representatives. The interviewer then asked Haim, but these beings have to be way more intelligent than we are, so why are we so useful to them? To which Haim responds with, and I quote, we are their petri dish. They too are researching and trying to understand the whole fabric of the universe, and they want us as helpers. To this day, the petri dish has not been stabilized, but it is estimated that we are reaching this stage. Religion accepts their existence. The Vatican has already announced it wants to baptize them, and the UN has appointed an ambassador for foreign affairs. Baptize them? Can you imagine that? The Pope trying to baptize them? That would be like off the movie Mars Attacks. <laughs> I was thinking uh, the movie Signs where water burns him. He goes to baptize and puts him in the Yeah, they start screaming. Now, another thing that Heim said was that Donald Trump was aware of these aliens and that he was on the verge of disclosing their existence. However, the Galactic Federation reportedly stopped him from doing so. This Galactic Federation said that they wished to prevent mass hysteria. That if this was released, that the markets would collapse, 
There would be nothing to eat. People will become cannibals. Hospitals will even shut down. All dark passions will come out. It may be the end. And they, as in the aliens, are not interested in it. Really? He went zero to 100 real fast, huh? No kidding. Haim goes on to say, and I quote, On the contrary, they followed the Earth's evolution all the time. And there are a lot of reports about it. After nuclear events in the world, they monitor all the stations and nuclear weapons bases. I'm willing to give you all the things written, and there were already things they prevented. Without the help from these beings, I have no doubt that humanity would have already destroyed itself. They, as in the Galactic Federation, want to say to humanity, Children, calm down. The interviewer then asked Hayam on why he decided to reveal this information now. He explained that the timing was due to how much the academic landscape has changed. That if he had come out with this five years ago, that he would have been hospitalized. All right, so that is what Haim said during the interview. It had some pretty astonishing claims. So, of course, right after this interview went online, every big news agency picked it up and started to run headlines about it. Now, that is how this Galactic Federation came to light. But what exactly is it? Well, that is what we are going to talk about right now. So the Galactic Federation, also called the Galactic Federation of Light, is a cooperation of space-traveling civilizations in our galaxy. The Federation consists of hundreds of thousands of members and was founded millions of years ago after a series of wars. The destruction that happened on that occasion led to the survivors trying from then on to solve galactic conflicts in a peaceful way. Every galaxy in our universe has a federation, but ours is one of the eldest. The Galactic Federation is controlled by a large council made up of smaller councils that themselves consist of even smaller councils, each of which has representatives from all of the separate members. That way, this enormous organization stays manageable. The hierarchy between members is usually determined by their spiritual development. The most highly evolved members are beautiful light beings who voice the will of God. The Galactic Federation has an enormous fleet of spaceships at its disposal that mediate, or if needed, intervene in any place where conflicts occur. The interdimensional technologies that they use or that they can use, are of such a high level that we can hardly imagine them. Their control of energy is almost perfect, so they can perform many amazing feats such as dematerializing objects, become invisible, or even create small orbs of energy. The Federation ships are often created of living material. Some are as large as planets and are totally self-sufficient with woods fields, and even rivers. The Federation's fleet consists of ships of the participating worlds and several single operating fleets. Now we do have a picture of what these ships supposedly look like, and we'll link it under the episode. Looks like a loaf of bread, French bread. It does. It does look like a loaf of French bread. And in the middle of the loaf of French bread is like a continent. It's like a floating earth, or the continent is on the inside, the land, yeah. 
It reminds me of Gundam G-Force. Right? I was about to say, the Japanese got this shit right with their anime. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it is said that currently, at this moment, a considerable part of the Galactic Federation's fleet of ships are present around the Earth. The millions of ships that are currently hovering around Earth are roughly split into three layers, of which the outer layer contains the biggest ships. There are continuous arrivals and departures of all kinds of ships that use the hyperspace and stargates like the sun to travel to their home planets or other places in the universe. So they fly into the sun to travel? Is that what Supposedly is what they're saying, yeah. The sun is a stargate. So we're just a truck stop. Pretty much. Yeah. That's all I get from that is Earth's just, they're just like, oh, hmm, let's just fill up here real quick. Yeah. What runs around truck stops? The lot lizards. The lot lizards. <laughs> oh, lot lizards. So that's why we have reptilians here, right? <laughs> right. It's starting to make sense. So about 40% of the Galactic Federation is human. The rest consists of other species and light beings. Many of them share a genetic link with us, but are more highly developed than we are. They have visited our planet for millions of years and left behind many souvenirs such as buildings and art objects, although many of them have been made by negative alien visitors who are not part of the Galactic Federation. Rogues. Yep. So this Galactic Federation obeys a universal law of non-interference, which states that the contact with Earthlings has to be kept to a minimum. As soon as the heads of government of the countries on Earth, who mostly know of their existence, exercise transparency with their people, this universal law of non-interference will change. The Galactic Federation will make itself known, and their superior technology will partially become available for all human beings. So NASA. Pretty much. Hmm. So where did all this information come from? Well, some of it came from Hayam, but other information came from what is called channelings. Now, if you aren't familiar with that, let us explain it just really quick. Channeling is a form of telepathic communication between humans and other entities, usually from higher dimensions. These beings could be spirits of deceased people, your higher self, alien beings, angels, spirits of nature, or even animals and pets. A channeler can choose who or what he or she wishes to channel. Sometimes this happens on request of a third party. This is then usually called a reading. If the other party wants to communicate, then the connection is made and the channeling can begin. So how does it work? Well, the recipient usually doesn't have to go into a deep trance or surrender his or her body to the sender to be able to channel. He or she concentrates themselves only on the entity that's being channeled and speaks out or writes down what comes through. The energy of the recipient and the sender have to be on the same level to be able to establish a connection. If an entity from a higher dimension is being channeled, then the recipient will generally speak to have his or her vibration raised and the sender will have to lower his or her frequency. The raising of your vibration happens by invoking feelings of gratitude, love, and harmony and clearing your mind of other thoughts. 
There are also channelings in which the spirit of the medium takes a step aside. Through this, the other energy gets the space to come inside and use the body for a certain period of time. This shift of energy can last seconds or minutes. People who see auras can observe the shift. So if you have those... uh, Thiocin? So if you're wearing those, you should be able to see the aura shift kind of? I believe so. I'm not positive. Hmm, interesting. So the Galactic Federation can supposedly contact certain people through this channeling method and relay the information. Some of the people that they have contacted directly are Billy Meyer of Switzerland, Carlos Diaz of Mexico, and Howard Menger of the United States. It is said that the individuals that can channel or get channeled by the Federation are individuals who have a genetic link with a certain galactic civilization. They live a life on Earth on behalf of them so that their experiences can be shared later. As this usually happens in a higher dimension, the others can literally tap into the energy of a certain experience and relive it. All right. So that is some of the information about the Galactic Federation and how the information came about. So now we're going to hop into some strange facts and findings. So Hans, do you want to start us off with this first one? Yeah, so this first strange fact and finding is uh, some other claims that we have found. So in the original interview that Hayam gave, the majority of news agencies leave out the majority of the stuff he said. You know, like the media always does. Which we are going to cover some of the other interesting claims he made. So one of the things Hayam said in the interview was, and I quote, The U.S. President Truman admitted to seeing a whole bunch of aliens over Washington. It was the same with President Nixon. Nixon was a friend of the comedian Jackie Gleason and knew he was crazy about UFOs. Told him, I'm going to make your life stream come true. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. That's right. I had to like think about, I'm not a crook. Nixon then took his friend to the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio and showed him the bodies of aliens. Gleason then went into depression from that. Then you have President Eisenhower's granddaughter coming out and testifying that her grandfather signed an agreement with the aliens that they would have a secret landing base. In Area 51 in Nevada, they could come into contact with a limited number of people, conduct experiments, and that the condition was that they provide us with technologies, such as anti-gravity. The interviewer then asks if we have that type of technology, in which Heim responds with, yes, we have anti-gravity and many other things. The interviewer then asks Heim why they are hiding from us, and how can armies of the world be able to cooperate in concealment of this magnitude? Heim responds with, not all the governments of the world. There is a group of partners the Americans, the Russians, the Japanese, the English, and the Chinese, all of them coordinate at a level where it is still forbidden to publish, and those who asked not to publish are them. Hayam also explains how the spacecraft and the galaxy communicate with Earth. He states that smaller spacecrafts emerge from their main one, that most of the smaller spacecrafts are robotic, and manned by intelligent robots. Fancy drones. Sarah, Sarah Connor. (laughs) (laughs) 
The interviewer also asked Haim, how do beings reach us? They need to move at the speed of light. What is their propulsion method? Rocket? Nuclear? Haim responds with, and I quote, no. They have a method of producing a bubble that neutralizes time-space and that the tool does not move. Space moves. And this is consistent with general relativity. Take, for example, an ant that wants to reach from one page to the other. Now let's say I folded the page in two. It moves to the other side in a second. That's how you fold time-space as well. You think we can get one of those? I'm about to see if the Montauk chair can do something like that. Yeah, I know. So the interviewer then asks, what do they use to move time-space? In which Haim says, it's a bit of complex physics. Propulsion is based on dark energy. 25% of the universe is dark matter, which allows time-space to be distorted and for them to reach other galaxies in no time. You can create a tiny black hole. Uh, That's what Switzerland's particle accelerator does. It's technologies that sound like science fiction. So Switzerland could make a planet eater. Well, yeah, he's talking about CERN. Let's all go apply. Let's just get jobs there. Okay. I'll put my resume in. Me too. We'll go live with uh, Arnold. That's right. That's right. The interviewer then becomes skeptical and says that in this present age, there is no way such a thing would have been kept secret. In which Haim says, How many years have you kept the fact that the Earth is not the center of the universe's secret? Or the Manhattan's plans, you know, the U.S. Atomic Bomb Project. Do you know how many people work there? 150,000 people. How many knew that it was there? He makes a good point. He does. Yeah, that was some highlights from the interview that not many... Actually, not any of the news agencies talk about. They just pull out the, you know, the one or two paragraphs that you see on the headlines that, oh, there's aliens out there. And he told Trump about them. You don't hear about this other stuff where he goes into detail about it. So that was strange. But it keeps getting stranger. Yeah, like our next one. This strange fact and finding revolves around a highly secretive compound. So you know the guy that brought this all to light, Haim Ashed? Well, get this. He served at the highly secretive Unit 81, which provided technological solutions to the Israeli Defense Force Military Intelligence Directorate. So what is this Unit 81? It is a secret technology unit part of the Special Operations Division of the Military Intelligence Directorate, an independent service of the Israel Defense Forces. The unit focuses on building and supplying cutting-edge technologies to Israeli combat soldiers and spies. All operations of this unit are highly classified. The unit consists mainly of military personnel, but civilians also serve in the unit, including highly qualified experts in unique fields such as quantum physics, aerospace engineering, and nanotechnology. Now get this crazy little knowledge nugget. According to a report by an Israeli business newspaper, in the last 10 years, 100 veterans of Unit 81 upon leaving it have founded 50 technology companies and have raised over $4 billion. That total accumulated valuations of these companies surpass $10 billion. 
that's a lot of money. And that's very weird that Haim served on that. Right. What would you do with that? Ten billion? Like what? Ten billion dollars? No, with that with like all that knowledge. I don't know. I would go and find a secluded island and I would make paradise where people can come there and live off grid. Free energy and all that. Now what's that? This is like microscopic black hole, but it's powering this whole city. Who lives here? Just me. Yeah, just me. If you want to come live here, come on. Hmm. Come over to the cult. Yeah. All right, so what's the next strange fact of finding we got? So, of course, Howie mentioned Haim received the Israel Defense Prize, not once, but three times, and how it is the highest civilian defense honor of the state of Israel. Well, no one knows really why he received that. The reasons behind it are classified and weren't released to the public. Well, he probably developed something in that Unit 81. He was working with the... That's how he got his knowledge of the aliens. In the Unit 81, right? He was introduced to the Galactic Federation. He probably solved some issue, and that's why he was given it. But three times. So he must have did something else. Yeah. So this next strange fact and finding is, of course, over the United States formation of Space Force. Not Starship Troopers. But Space Force. Such a good movie. All right. On December 20th, 2019, President Trump went public about creating the fifth branch of the armed forces, which was to be enacted in 2020. Seems crazy, we know. Why do we need Space Force, most people ask. What do they do? Well, here's the official mission statement from their website. The United States Space Force is a military service that organizes, trains, and equips space forces in order to protect U.S. and allied interests in space and to provide space capabilities to the joint force. The United States Space Force's responsibilities include developing guardians, acquiring military space systems, maturing the military doctrine for space power, and organizing space forces to present to our combatant commands. Now, just a little knowledge nugget. The U.S. is not the only country that's had this. In fact, we've had a space force before, back during the Cold War, and it was to contend with Russia, China, any communist country that's had one. But we dissolved it. It was just the, it was considered like United States Air Force Aerospace Command. It still exists. But Space Force is its own entity. It falls under none of them. Do you think he created this because of the Galactic Federation? I, it could be a possibility. Could be a it possibility. could be a possibility. I mean, it, it's definitely something that he came out with a year before Haim went on his report. A year before. Yep. And Haim did say that Trump was almost ready to announce the Galactic Federation, but he was stopped. So... I mean, I just find it kind of weird. Yeah, it is. A little bit. Like, when I was in the Army, you know, everybody, you'll have, like, your jump wings, pins, like, your Pathfinder. And looking at the chart, it had a air, it had an astronaut pin for the Army. Never figured out how you would get it. Hmm. Just like there's an Antarctica service ribbon, too. Yeah. Interesting. So, I, I guess it hops us into theories now. So the first theory we're going to talk about is why. Now, 
let's hypothesize that all of this is real. This is also assuming that these beings are hostile and don't have a universal law of non-interference, that they just made that up. Without that in the picture, we must ask ourselves, why would a race of beings that are able to perform space travel, which would make them extremely smarter than us, want anything at all to do with us? It must mean that we have something they want. Now, most people will think of resources on Earth, that we have gold or something valuable to them. However, if that was the case, wouldn't it be easier to exterminate the entire human race and then collect the resources? I know some individuals might think that they are keeping humans around to help mine or collect gold as their slaves. However, I really don't think that's the case. If they have technology to traverse the cosmos, then they have the ability to create robot workers that are way more efficient than humans. So that takes us back to the question. What would we have that would be valuable to them? There can only be two answers to that question. The first one could be reproduction. Maybe us humans are unique in that aspect of producing offspring. Think of us back in the caveman days. We didn't require any hospitals or anything. They were just spitting out babies. So maybe these beings have been in space so long that the cosmic radiation or something there in space has inhibited their ability to reproduce offspring. So they have to grow, grow them in like vats or something. Now this could explain cattle mutilations. Maybe all cattle mutilations are is just aliens picking up cows and planting them with a baby and seeing how well the cattle are in holding and growing their offspring for them. Hmm. So don't they use like pigs for like experiments because they're like closer to us? So wouldn't be using pigs yes. be yep. a better idea than cows? Maybe the cow shares like a DNA with the aliens. Oh, yeah. Now the second answer to what we have that, you know, would be valuable to them would be consciousness. What if individual consciousness is rare? Maybe all aliens work on a single hive mind and don't have individual consciousness, and they seek that out. This would explain individuals getting abducted by aliens and having experiments done on them. Maybe they are just trying to harness that. So yeah, those are the two things that we would have that would be valuable. Reproduction and consciousness. Oh no, third thing I would think would be water, and only reason they don't like take out the entire human race, because say that you do kill off a lot of you know humans. A carcass in the water can contaminate it. Maybe they're just trying to collect the pure, pure clean water, all natural. I thought there was other worlds with like water on it though. There, there are. There's like a, I forget which one there, that's very similar to Earth. Maybe we're like a well to them. And each one of these planets is a well. And so they're coming here to take the water. And that could be why we're pushing for like decontamination of ships that go into the Great Lakes from salt water because the salt water the salt from the sea coming into the Great Lakes is slowly turning the Great Lakes from all fresh water to salt, which would be killing off all the inhabitants in, the, in those lakes that can't adapt to the changing uh, sodium levels. Hmm. You didn't know that, did you? You didn't know that. No, I didn't. That's a Midwest thing, bud. When you live in Indiana, you learn about the contamination. We learn about different contamination. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what's this next theory we got? This theory is that the Galactic Federation is real, but is a cover-up for a more sinister agenda. 
So what if these extraterrestrial beings are being controlled by a single source hive mind? This hive mind, of course, is AI, artificial intelligence, that is thousands or millions of years old. So let me paint the scenario for you. Let's say thousands or millions of years ago, there's another civilization in our cosmos. Somewhere, these beings inevitably created artificial intelligence, and they perfected it. This AI becomes self-aware, then becomes self-replicating, and starts destroying its maker. Kind of think of it like Ultron from the Avengers, right? So this Ultron, or AI, traverses the cosmos looking for any and all signs of life. Now when it finds it, this artificial intelligence starts studying the beings on that planet by either sending a replica down there or a nano robot or whatever. So after this AI studies humans for a little while, it recognizes that majority of human beings, when they think of the universe, they think of aliens. So this AI develops thousands of thousands of these alien-looking beings that it single-handedly controls. It then uses these alien beings to interact with the human race. This AI-controlled alien being introduces itself, but tells the leaders not to tell anyone else until the rest of the human race is ready. It does this so that it can buy itself some time on researching humans to find out if they can be of any use to them, or if they can extract consciousness or whatever. The AI gets what it needs, and after it already did the research on us, it knows how to efficiently kill us, so it uses this technique and wipes out our race. This galactic federation is just a cover-up for the AI to help it buy time for whatever it's doing and researching on us. That's pretty scary, huh? Makes me think of Independence Day. Yeah. Right? Oh, man. That's deep, huh? A little scary. Gave me the, the willies. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got a couple more theories, and then we'll jump into our own personal theories. So, Dan, you want to take this next theory? I sure will. So you all know how this pretty much was brought to light by the former professor and Israeli space security chief, Haim Ashed. Yeah. Well, he's pretty old. At 88, what if this is all just him having dementia? So get this, 32% of the people 85 and older have dementia. Now, of course, Haim doesn't have the obvious severe dementia that we see in nursing homes, but rather the slight dementia that you get before it gets bad, before the casual observer really notices you having dementia. At such a time, people can have smaller problems, like difficulty separating memories from imagination, a gullibility to fall for any scam, and a lack of filter or discretion, so you do things that would horrify your younger self as inappropriate. That is a plausible theory. It is. It is a more, um, I want to say, I don't want to say realistic, but to some people it would seem like the more realistic uh, theory, that he has dementia. I mean, he, would, he could write a, definitely a good sci-fi book. Well, it's funny you mentioned book. Because uh, that's actually the next theory that we're going to talk about. See, I didn't even read the next theory. I just said it. So this next theory involves Haim again. So this theory is that this entire thing, him going public with this info, was just a marketing ploy or a publicity stunt 
to help him sell his new book. So Haim made this announcement in December of 2020. A month prior, in November, he published a book titled The Universe Beyond the Horizon, Conversations with Professor Haim Ashid, written by author Haigar Yayani. In this book, it contains conversations that the author, Hagar, had with Haim, including those pertaining to the Galactic Federation and aliens. He talks about stories of how aliens prevented potential nuclear disasters and many other things that, that he spoke about in the interview. So that's what it is. This whole theory is that it was just a marketing ploy for him. But here's my issue with this theory. Because when we were researching this topic for this week, I went and tried to find this book so I could ship it extremely fast to my house and read it so I could use it as research. I, I could not find this book anywhere. I found it in one place and it was written in Hebrew, which I can't read Hebrew. And it was like somewhere international where it would take like weeks to get to me. So I couldn't find it in English. I couldn't find it on the Amazon store. I couldn't find it anywhere. So, yeah. If it was a marketing ploy, he did a shitty job at uh, publishing the book and making it available for individuals. So besides that marketing thing, I have, I have a question for both of y'all. Do you think that Haim was telling the truth or do you think he made it up? I think he I think he's telling the truth because this rolls into my theory that I've had for the longest time and I'm glad we did this episode so I can tell my theory about her. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. So this is my theory. And I, I voiced this to Anna a long time ago about why we're here and what UFOs do on Earth and why we see them. So obviously we can trace, you know, sightings of UFOs along like back centuries upon centuries ago. But why do we see them more from 1944 to today? And, it, and it's all because the discovery of the atomic bomb. Now, with that being said, my theory is that we are in like a, a, I wouldn't say space jail, but maybe a rehabilitation stage. I believe that we once were like a dominating force in the universe. And that we were kind of like the British back in the good old days. And we were commandeering every planet we came in contact with and enslaving people as the humans. And that this galactic federation was formed to defeat the humans. But instead of killing us and erasing and eradicating all of, his, all of us as a race, this federation found a way to wipe our minds and take all the technology from us and make us start all over again as rehabilitation. So periodically through time and history, they come in and they do checkups like, okay, you know, what are they? At? Okay, well, they're out here, you know, making flint arrows and they're making, you know, ulus and adolatls, you know, they're good. You know, they got years till they get here. So then, you know, they come back and it's like, you know, the War of Independence are like, wow, look at them. They're doing their thingy. And then they kind of like skip a couple hundred years and boom, it comes right as the first atomic bomb blast. And they're like, oh, f this. See what they're doing? This is what happened last time. This is what happened. So they start monitoring. So that's why you'll see around nuclear facilities, nuclear missile silos, White Sands, New Mexico, where the first atomic bomb was dropped and tested, 
aliens frequent these areas to make sure that we're not going to start killing ourselves and going back into our old selves, that this was our one chance to prove that we can be different than what we once were as a race. It's funny you mentioned nuclear facilities. At my old nuclear plant, we would constantly see uh, UFOs above the plant and security would have to go out there and make um, write-ups about them. Well, I mean, when I was in White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico, which is where the Trinity bomb was dropped, and it's also where you can find Trinonite, the rarest mineral in the world because it's only one place. Little knowledge nugget, you can't take it. It's a federal crime, so don't try it. And, uh, you know, I believe I left this on a voicemail a long time ago when I was just a listener. But we're out there with an anti-aircraft brigade, and we're basically, like, playing the opposition. So we were the bad guys. But, you know, we went there to talk to them, and they're showing us the radar. And they said, oh, look, there's something on the radar. And they kind of, like, you know, we poked our heads out, and they said, it should be, like, northeast, you know, however many degrees. And it's this little light, and we're like, oh, okay, you know, it's probably one of the airplanes, or, you know, a helicopter doing a little run. And I said, so how do you know what it is? They said, well, you hit the friend or foe button. It pings it, and it'll send the data back on what the aircraft is, whether, and it'll say whether it's NATO or not. Well, when pinging something, also a knowledge nugget, it, it kind of basically sends all the instruments on alert in an aircraft saying that a missile is locking on. So it's kind of like, you know, if you, if you want to mess with some Air Force pilots and you get near an, you know, anti-missile people and they're like, yeah, you want to see something cool and they're doing a little formations, you just hit that button, boy, the whoo, scatter real quick. But when we did that, this light just shot off. And it wasn't like, I wouldn't say it was like gone like that, but it shot off and accelerated so quick that we were like, what the hell did we just see? Damn. And they said, it's not, this is not something that just doesn't happen. We see it all the time out here. So you think it's aliens kind of like watching over us? Mm-hmm. Just watching. And they, they intervene at certain points in history. So like. They got the warden, and then you got the guards. They just come down every mm-hmm. now and then, check on us, make sure that we're not doing anything too crazy yet. So let's hypothetically say that during the Cuban Missile Crisis, when the atomic clock was basically at noon, maybe that the aliens used their telepathy to talk and put subliminal messages into each country's head, leaders, you know, the JFK and Nikita Khrushchev, to de-escalate the situation because they knew what was going to come. I like that theory, Hans. I know. It's far out there, dude. No, it's not far out there. I've had this theory for a long time. Thank you. I like it. All right, Dan. Do you believe Haim was telling the truth behind all this? Do you think you made it up? You know, sometimes when people talk a lot of crazy stuff, people blow it off because it just sounds just crazy. But I actually kind of do believe you know, they know about aliens and all that. Like, how can you not with everything that's happened, all the reports that go on, even like uh, a bunch of, you know, pilots and all that, they've chased down or tried to chase down these UFOs and were, you know, unsuccessful because their technology is far superior. But, you know, I definitely believe that he has some knowledge of what's going on that we don't know. Look at his resume. Yeah, like you look at his how, resume. Oh my God, the dude's like the most the father of yeah, so intelligence like, over there for Israel. 
Like, how can we just say like, oh, he's crazy. He can't believe anything he says. Like you said, look at his resume. How can you say that he's lying? Just because it sounds crazy to you doesn't mean that it's not true. That's right. And I mean, I really did like Hans's theory. Like it's a space jail. They're just checking up on us. I mean, Mm -hmm. it makes sense. You know, it kind of works with our Patreon episode. It does, which is the 37th parallel, which we have a lot of good theories inside that one. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't have like a very good theory like Hans's though, but I mean, I'm trying to think here. I'm leaning more towards the AI aspect. I think if there's anything in the universe, it's AI. I mean, I do like the AI one, but then again, though, you know, we are, our technology is advancing and yet I still don't get like why we should try to even like explore space when we still have so much of the ocean that we haven't explored, you know, still so much of the earth that we don't know about, but yet we're wanting to go explore more of space. But then again, you know, why not? Why not go ahead and like start preparing a space force to actually start exploring? Do both. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe we could find out something in space that could help us be able to go further down into the ocean without like a submarine or something like crushing. You know what I mean? Because the pressure down there. You think that would help us out with uh, space travel as well? Yeah. So I don't know. The AI sounds pretty good. I wouldn't say that he was mental. Marketing. Uh, He did try to write a book, but it just didn't. Well, he did. He did write a book. The book was wrote a month before he came out with those claims, but I couldn't find the book. I found, well, I found it once, but it was written in Hebrew and it was international. I couldn't find it anywhere over here in the United States. So maybe, maybe that's why he did an interview for it. He tried to write a book to let people know about it, but the books didn't sell. Maybe somebody, some group stopped it from selling. And like you said, you can't find that anywhere now. No. So that means someone or something stopped it. Yep. I mean, yeah, it could it could have not have sold well, but you would still find copies at least. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. CIA would, would absolutely they're able to do something like that. Just like the Forbidden Book. So I, I would say that it wasn't more of marketing. It was more that he, he tried to let people know one way it didn't work. So he had to go public with it, you know, doing an interview and stuff. And that's when it actually got out more. Yet still people don't know too much about it. So hopefully you're listening to this to learn about it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to get on one of those baguette ships. Right. French bread ships. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, wee wee, paradise. I mean, shit, you looked at it. It did look like paradise. It did. Hope that's just not a volcano in there. Just a mountain. (laughs) All right. So do y'all have anything else you want to add to today's episode or anything like that? I pretty much laid out what I think. Yeah, I don't have anything else. So that's the end of today's episode, and that rolls us into On the Scene. Now, if you're not familiar with On the Scene, it is where uh, an individual uh, goes out onto the streets and interviews random individuals uh, and gets their opinion on conspiracy and happenings around the world. And you, yes, you, the listener, can submit your own on the scene. Just make sure you email it to one of us. Actually, you record it, make it less than two minutes, and then email it to one of us, and you can be featured on uh, an episode. But we do have a wait line, and to become uh, higher up in the priority of the wait line to get played, you have to become a Patreon member, and it gets you bumped up. All right, so this week's on the scene is from Kai Lizzle. 
I believe I said that right. Sorry if I didn't. So we're going to play that right now. All right, this is Kylizzle. I'm here to interview a couple people about a few conspiracy theories. Let's go. All right, hello. Hello. Um, do you believe in aliens I or do. any life form? Absolutely. Okay, why? Why? Because again, like you can't. Someone can't say that they no, they they just can't believe in any of it because no one knows. You can't be definitively certain that there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing out there. Exactly. Okay. And do you believe in ghosts? And if oh, so, absolutely. have you had like anything? I do actually. It's fucking crazy as hell. So me and my ex, um, I was smoking. Am I allowed to say that? Uh, (laughs) If not, they'll block it out. So go ahead. So I was. But you gotta tell it fast. Oh, I was going. You know, we were having. We were just chilling in my car, and I saw out of the corner of my eye a woman in a white gown pass past me, like like flew past me in the corner of my eye, and I was like, I didn't say nothing to my girl. And then a week later. She started crying and said the same exact. Was, I was like, "What's wrong?" Like, what, I just saw like a figure pass by me. And I was like, "Was it a woman with dark hair, white dress?" And she said, "Yes." She started crying, and was like, "Yeah, that's exactly what I saw." And for probably like a couple months after that, I would see things in my rear view. Like, I would see a rear view mirror, same figure of the woman, scared the scared the life out of me, and like static would go on in my car for a little bit. And ever since I broke up with her, though. I it went away? Her. It went away, yeah. <gasps> it, I wonder if it was attached to her. Have you seen I like... believe it, because she has terrible luck. No, 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 oh, okay. no. Of course not. All right, uh, thank you for trying to help me get on this podcast. Absolutely, you deserve it. Great questions were asked, you know? Dude, you know what was happening in that car. He was, he was like... Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, she's like, and he's like... Did you finish already? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yeah. what was happening. Mm. Yeah, they were ghost hunting. Duh. Duh. Exactly. That's right. And they found it. They, you know who they found? La Llorona. La Llorona. Exactly. <laughs> you know she comes up in the 37th parallel? She does? She does. Yeah. Have you written about her yet? No. Because I, I added part of it in there. Because there's... Dude, the 37th parallel connects to a lot of stuff that we've actually already covered. It's such a great episode. It's crazy. It's going to cover all the topics anyways. Um, Kyle Lizzle, love the enthusiasm. Yeah, we'll block out any cussing to the best of our abilities. Tell your friend. Um, Get a hotel room. You know. <laughs> yeah. Don't be doing that in a car. Yeah. Ghost hunting. You, you do that out of the car in creepy places. That haunted house yep. down the road? Perfect spot. Perfect. But uh, thank you for the interview, Kyle Lizzle. Feel free to submit more whenever you get the chance. And uh, we love you and we're proud of you. Yes, much love. Thank you for the on the scene. All right. So now we're going to get into shout outs. All right, Dan, who do you got for this week for Facebook shout outs? So for Facebook, I only have a couple and I did not write them down. Cause I thought I had it up, but I man, I'm already exited out of it. But <laughs> huh. all right. So for what I have for Facebook, I have Dustin R, Jessica L, Ben H, Fiona D, Chaz L, our good buddy Wyatt, uh, Brian P, and Dustin G. Also Kate W. Shout out to you guys. I haven't replied back yet. I will get back to you. It's been a terrible week for me. Sucked. Food poisoning sucks. Beware. Then uh, 
Nice. I got two shout outs for Discord real quick. Kit Kat, welcome back to Discord. Good to see you back. And then, of course, Pete Nasty. You nasty, boy. You nasty. Go bring out the Danalicious. All right. So uh, I got a couple shout outs on Instagram. I want to shout out to Jeremiah, Jordan, Lexi, Jessica, uh, our boy Wyatt. He's following 69 people on Instagram. Nice. Uh, Darwin's Deviations, Rob Chambers, Malcolm Cook, Sergio Montoya, Jessica Jacobs, Sandra Hubble, Bianca, Bruce, Brittany, Brad Cox, James Larwu, James, Courtney Barnes, Lave McSpadden, Rusty, Alexander, Brock Baker, Oscar Perez, Kitty, Josh Mack, Danny Conley, Schmitty Smooth, and Ethel. And that is all the Instagram shoutouts, but I do have a couple Patreon shoutouts I want to give. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Kevin B., uh, Matthew G., Brandon F., Gary S., April M., Aubrey C., Tony, Aaron P., Melmel, Orber, Jake E., Tyler P., Mount Protagonist, Ryan, Elizabeth, and Thea. And that is all the Patreon shoutouts. Um, Hans, who do you got for shoutouts this week? Uh, I'm going to hop over to my email. I have a couple there first. Alright, so first shout out goes to Avery L. They gave me some good words of encouragement and that they're glad to see that I'm on the show. And well, I'm super glad that you said this because sometimes it is nice to have these good little words of affirmation that I'm doing a good job sometimes. Then uh, Steady Dreaming, much love, dude. I love that... uh, picture y'all saw this picture yes, right it looks very nice i like it a lot yeah that's tight yeah i like it yeah me I like too. it a lot then we're gonna head over here to discord again a double shout out for kit kat nice to have you back next time we're all in the lounge don't be shy come on in we're nice we have good conversations harry scallywag just i love just when you hop on there dude because you just never know what's going to come out of your mouth. Arnold, Azri, um, ba- Baphomet's Hammer. I like that you were able to help us understand what those uh, ruins were on the Finder's Cult. Helped us out a lot. And uh longtime shout-out goes to uh, the good old Thin Glizzy. He's a hardcore supporter and harsh critic of mine. So shout-out goes to you, buddy. All right, well, that is the end of today's episode. I want to thank you all for joining us, and again, thank you for all your support. You were all amazing, every single one of you. So with that being said, Dan and Hans, you want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you're not alone.
Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.